Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiot friends talk about movies. And today we discuss which one is more toxic: Overwatch, League of Legends, or Valorant. Oh my God, Isaiah! Oh my God, being a toxic League of Legends player, what do you think? I would like to put a disclaimer that um, I've only started playing League of Legends. All right, a friend of mine got me. And he's already it. there. I'm already there. Yeah, Quite so. Some points. I'm going to start like saying some real crazy stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I've also started playing Valorant. Uh, surprisingly, I'm not that terrible since I just started PC gaming. So that should be fun. Uh, however, I, I can't stand Overwatch. So I'm going to go with Overwatch that sucks of, of all of them. <laughs> no, not what sucks. What's the most toxic? Oh, probably that's, League. That's the question. <laughs> it's definitely <Okay>. League. <laughs> Fair. Um, Bethany, what's your opinion? Um, as, uh, as a gamer who has never played any of these, <laughs> I cannot say. Um, so I'm going to go with the fourth option, which is Halo. Wow. I, <laughs> just, I just wanted to see Isaiah's reaction. No, I think Call of Duty is pretty bad now compared to before. Okay, but we're not we talking about the other, these other games. We're talking about these three. I don't play those. Those are for dweebs. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's your opinion. It's for dweebs. How about we all agree that Modern Warfare 2 lobbies in 2009 was the most toxic? <laughs> if you're a bitch, maybe. All right. <laughs> all right we have quite the spicy episode today anyways 1v1 me guys as someone who has played briefly league of legends uh whatever the fuck the team battles offshoot is and only a couple games of overwatch um i'm gonna say both overwatch and league of legends outclass valorant in terms of toxicity uh but Valorant is still kind of new. So, you know, it can only go up from your boys. We're now a gaming podcast. Congrats. We're now a gaming podcast. Exactly. I am level 42 in my Valorant character. I'm only a level 12. I haven't, I can't even do ranked yet. <laughs> I, I didn't even know zero. that there was a level 42. I honestly pulled that out my ass. You have an ass? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Are we yeah, sure we are I'm the one who's spicy. toxic right now? Because I think yeah. is the. <laughs> I'm feeling. A little aggression on that one. Are you okay? Did I do something uh, to upset you? No, I. That was just a like. I I didn't think. I just spoke. <laughs> See, you know? sometimes just it's good. Kinda... Sometimes it's good to think. Sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes it's funny to not think. Like yeah, now. sometimes, it's, like just now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> for anyone who's for anyone who's curious, I didn't actually mean that, Bethany. I apologize. Um, Our ass is fat. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Isaiah. Thank you, Isaiah. I wasn't going to say that, but thank you, Isaiah. Jacob just texts you and goes, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyways, welcome back, guys. So today is a listener's episode, which is why it's a little more unhinged, if you can't tell. Um, Very unhinged. I'm always unhinged. Right. So um, anyways, welcome, welcome. And there are going to be spoilers ahead for the three films that we will be discussing, which will be Dune. The Grey, and what was the third one? 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. So if you haven't seen these three films, um, just letting you know ahead of time, there's going to be spoilers for these three films. So uh, shout out to Caleb for giving me this movie. Um, shout out, Caleb. Woo! Shout out, Caleb. So it's a, I gave it a... What did I say? Shout out, Caleb. Woo! <laughs> so delayed. <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted by something. Lewis, we should be the only people important in your lives right now. That's true. You're correct. All right. So thank shout out to Caleb for giving me uh, 12 Years a Slave. Um, I gave it a Woo-hoo. four out of I gave it a four out of five. 
Wow. I'm not four to five. I'm sorry. I give four point five out of five because it is. Oh, even better. It is a superb movie. Um, freaking, I don't know. Everybody's phenomenal. Like the cast is stacked. Like it is super stacked, right? Like every like do so the movie's like uh, it's about two hours long, right? And then each there's a because it goes through the guy's life, right? So this guy, um, he is a uh, a free black man living in new york and it's like uh, 1891 or something like that he's a very prominent violinist so he knows how to use instruments and stuff like that and so he then gets kidnapped sent to the south in georgia where he becomes a slave so it's a little weird the movie starts off with like this really out of context scene um where he's like it's he's a slave right like uh it starts off as him as a slave just like a few shots of him like doing slave work and stuff like that. And then he's on the floor with a bunch of other people, right? Because they didn't give him good living conditions. And he's sleeping next to a woman. He can't sleep. And he kind of turns to her and she's staring at him. And then he just, she just grabs his hand and puts it on her chest. And then he goes oh. and, and then he goes and fingers her. And then she, oh. like, it's real quick. She has like, you know, she climaxes, turns around and starts crying. And then it shows him laying there on the floor and then it cuts to like a like a match cut to him in bed with his actual wife from like a few years prior and then it gives you the title screen it was oh. and it gives you no you know? context like i have no and like the rest of the movie doesn't like it refers to like it goes eventually like gets back up to that point but even when you get back to that point it doesn't make any sense why they showed that <laughs> as like the starting point of the movie i was really taken aback by it i don't understand what the context was i really would like someone to explain that to me because it was so jarring I was going to watch this with my parents, but I think I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I just literally the first minute and a half. Like, it's I'm just good. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. It was just very weird. I hadn't. I, that's why it's like not a perfect movie. Otherwise, like there's a few other things there. But like other than that, that's like one of the reasons why it's not a per- like a five out of five for me. Because it's like. Got uncomfy. Yeah. Because like, you know, in movies, you're, uh, the way you're taught to do movies, right, is that you have to. Motivation. Yeah, there should be a reason to do stuff. And even mm. like on the back end of me, like looking at behind the scenes, I didn't get any context on why they did that. Right. So I was like, OK, cool. What the hell? Um, interesting intro. That's for sure. Me- definitely memorable now. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> but yeah, no, the movie is really great. Every superb actor. And as the movie goes on throughout the guy's life, every time they introduce a new character, it's like an A-list actor. And you're like, what? He's in this movie? They're in this movie? Holy crap. So like, so like the first person he runs, like the first slaver he runs into is Benedict Cumberbatch. And I was like, he's in this movie? I didn't know that. Until yeah, the slave was pretty star-studded. Yeah. We call, and then Paul Dano shows up as one of the, like one of the slave hands, like one of the guys who, uh, you know, who takes care of all the slaves and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, it's already, I already know this cast is going to be freaking great. Um, and then Michael Fassbender shows up as the third, as like the second slaver who's like um, really mean to all the slaves. He's like known as the, breaker he likes to break slaves and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then sarah paulson is his wife i was like holy crap she's here too <laughs> i didn't you know i didn't know sarah paulson was in it and that just makes me like it even more uh I you're just, not gonna like her character she's 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 well i know oh she's God. white so of course i'm not gonna like her character jesus but... christ bethany <laughs> she's a white woman in the civil <laughs> the war movie era is slave. Called 12 years a slave <laughs> no white person just, is good in this it movie it was just it was just a sentence god damn. i know <laughs> I know. You know what I mean. You know what I meant. She's white, so I know. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Giamatti's in this? He is, yes. He's one of the he's one of the slave sellers. He's the one of the bankmen. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the cast right now. And we have Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's also here. (laughs) 
I don't know. He was in it either. He, he's one of the producers. Of the Paul movie. Giamatti, Paul Dano, Benedict Cumberbatch, like you mentioned, Michael Fassbender, uh, Garrett Dillahunt, and then... I, I remember Lupita Nyong'o because she won an yes. award for this. I remember. Yeah, that's the, the only cast member that I remember. Oh, so, Michael Williams. But yeah, Michael K. Williams is in there too. He even even the smaller roles had like an A-list actor play them. It was crazy. I think one of the interesting things they did throughout the movie is that um, as he kind of interacts with different people throughout the year, the twelve years that he is the slave, he kind of runs into different kinds of people. So like Benedict Cumberbatch plays like a slaver, but he's a slaver who's kind of nice. So he's not like a terrible person, but also he's a slaver. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Mm. Um, so he's like, he's a slaver, right? He's like, I own you, but I'm nice to you. And I know like we call, I'll treat you with respect and stuff like that. Even though like, yeah, like he's, he's trying to employ them. He's not trying to enslave them technically. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, despite the fact that Paul Dano tries to like, you know, hang him, the uh, our QL for like our main character. Freaking in. He, oh my God, Paul Dano. I love him. Um, anyway. So and then uh so they go and then so then there's another character who's uh Michael Fassbender he's known as like you know the slave breaker so he's like the mean slaver the one who's like I I you guys are below me the black people aren't worth anything you know that kind of thing um mm. and then there's another character who uh who's on another plantation she uh, he goes and visits uh, them sometimes and the the slaver the white slaver actually marries one of his female slaves that works in the house right. And so now she's <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, now she and but she's also now one of the slave handlers. So she kind of so she has her own slaves, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. And then there's also like the obviously the other slaves who are like their situations, how they ended up there. Um, there's some who want to fight, there's some who don't. There's uh, those kind of things. None of them were the same. They were all very different, and they all came from like different angles of, as characters, and it's just kind of interesting. To see how each each of them kind of interacted with each other. Yeah, so there's a white slave, there was black slaves, there was black slave. It was they had they literally covered the whole spectrum. That's crazy. Another thing I want to put a note on is the there's a it has a very odd soundtrack. It goes through like there's sometimes like it'll have a uh, music that's from the era, so it'll have like bug horns and stuff like that. Um, and then be so like they'll have the like obviously he plays the violin, so they'll have like you know violin things like that. But then other times it'll have like a really ominous creepy soundtrack uh where it'll have just like horns and like drones and sounds that just they kind of like turn sounds that are from things like chains uh like chains rattling on floors or knocking into each other and they'll turn that into like a a score for the movie and i thought it was very interesting the way they who's did that. the composer um i swear if it's hans zimmer i was gonna say that sounds like a hans zimmer move is it you uh, boy I don't think it's my boy. It's my boy, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, so obviously. So interesting soundtrack. Um, Hans Zimmer did it again. Um, but yeah, so and then obviously every every person's freaking amazing acting. Lupin Nyong'o deserved that freaking Oscar because damn, mm. her freaking characters. Man, that woman, she gets her life was terrible. And that woman, she played it like she actually was going through it, dude. My God. So everybody, the whole freaking every, the whole cast deserved an Oscar because every single person, like Sarah Paulson, she was only in the movie for like fifteen minutes. But damn, you really hated that woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, we call that Michael Fassbender. That guy, he's God, he's a scumbag. But my God, you really hate that guy too. <laughs> that guy is an amazing actor too. So and then she will for who plays our main character Solomon. He did an amazing job too. So acting all around, a plus. Holy crap, great movie. Loved it. Five, uh, five, four point five out of five. Most the mostly is the that opening scene and some of the weird uh things in the middle there <laughs> um yeah so i definitely need to watch it yes 
Um, probably don't watch it with your parents. Yeah, don't watch it with your parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other fun fact about Fassbender is he is a race car driver. Doesn't surprise me. He looks like one. I did not know that either. And he's married to the Laura Croft from Tomb Raider 2018. Angelina Jolie? Oh, no, wait, no, no that's Lisa Vikander. <laughs> Lisa Vikander. Angelina Jolie? Brad Pitt, what? I prefer uh, Angelina Jolie's Tomb Raider, to be honest. I did not, I mean, actually. You didn't? No, I watched both. I, I mean, did, it depends on which version of Tomb Raider you prefer. I prefer yeah. the more modernized Tomb Raider, like Laura Croft, and I do not like the old Laura Croft. So that's why I think I gravitated towards. Is it because her boobs are squares? No, maybe. I've never, <laughs> I've never played the original video games, uh, like those th- those ones you speak of. Um, <laughs> those ones you speak of. Yeah, I played some of the 360 ones, uh, like the anniversary edition and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah. I played the new Tomb Raider, like the the whole new Tomb Raider franchise. Um, and I like I, prefer I didn't those. play the latest one though. I heard it wasn't that great. The last one's pretty okay. Like it's. It's it falls in the same line. I think they're all. They, I don't think any of them are like better than each other. I feel like they're all kind of like good across the board. So they're all like good, like seven point five out of ten. Mm-hmm. I I use the ten score for uh, video games. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, that's your overall review then of um and rating. Yes. Of, uh, of Tomb Raider as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Is, uh, we're, we're coming a, a a half gaming podcast too. <laughs> yes. Apparently. Um. Louis, do you want to go next or do you want me to? No, I can go next. Okay. Saving the best for last, I see. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I watched Dune. No, I said so... I was... Wait, what? I thought you said you were going last. No, 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 I'm going next. I thought you were saving yourself as the best for last. Oh, well, go ahead. What a mess. Am I drunk? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. No, I understood. Oh, I understood the way Bethany thought it. <laughs> I, I misunderstood you. Go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, right. yeah. no yeah um so i got to watch i forgot who recommended this movie actually eunice eunice thank you um yeah good luck you. with eunice. you good Whoa. luck with your exams and stuff in ohio bud um even though this will come out after you've already finished that anyway love you eunice but fuck ohio continue he's also he's about to become a cop anyway Woo. Woo. so i got to watch a liam neeson classic great um which most people would think is some kind of like interesting horror movie almost but it's actually way more of like an yeah um but it's actually way more of like surrounding like a survival and um i guess what sets us apart is there's a lot of a lot more character development than i expected Mm. for not just liam neeson characters character but the rest of the characters in the film for those of you who don't know what the gray is about you most trailers will only show you liam neeson breaking some fucking bottles that are tied to his hands so he can go punch a wolf to death or something. Um, <laughs> that's not badass actually... Indeed. <laughs> yeah, badass Liam Neeson moment indeed, but that's not actually the, the main point of the film. Liam Neeson's character is a sharpshooter who works in a, oil, who works for an oil company in Alaska and he's protecting all the oil workers from wolves that come from the forest. Um, so he's just kind of sitting there with a sniper and just picking these bad boys off. So, but there's a lot of like, there's a whole different like side to this film that you don't really expect until you actually watch it and kind of do like a little bit of like a, an analysis of it. Um, the Grey has very big, sorry, I didn't even give my rating in the beginning. So I'm going to give this actually, a, I'm also <laughs> going to give this a 4.5 out of 5. Uh, the Grey actually 
talks a lot about like it's using a lot of the symbolism and the general cinematography and other like parts of the film as a like a man battling his depression and his sort of his fear of death and self-worth. Mm. And there's a lot of like hints at the idea of death and other things that happen. Um, there's a scene that recurs throughout the movie a couple times. It's Liam Neeson's character laying under the covers with a woman. We don't know if this is his wife, his girlfriend at first when you first see her, but she's clearly no longer around for whatever reason. On one of his last days working for the oil company out here in Alaska, and he manages to, you know, shoot one of the wolves that was chasing a worker and goes over and listens to the wolf dying breaths, which is pretty intense as it is. Um, That same night, Neeson's character actually writes a letter that he's going to kill himself to this woman, but he doesn't end up following through. Like you see him put the rifle in his mouth and everything, but then he hears the wolves, you know, howling in the night and he decides not to. Uh, The next day he gets on a plane that's going to take him to Anchorage because they're out in like some distant part of the wilderness. You know, he's just going to have like a couple weeks off and he's going to be able to relax and maybe even I don't know if he can like see this woman or whatnot. Um, But he ends up what ends up happening is that the plane that's carrying him and all the pipeline workers actually crashes in the snow in the it's still in the wilderness. Um, he survives along with about, I believe it was eight other men. Um, they actually have a moment that kind of is reminiscent of the wolf dying because he, he can't save one of the guys who was injured in the crash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's kind of like talking to him and he's like, it's okay. You know, we're listening to your dying breath, basically. And the guy dies. He tries to lead this pack, this like group of men out of the wilderness, you know, and he's also kind of like all the scenery, all of the things he's kind of going through internally are like, you know, referring again, once, once again, back to like depression, self-worth, like, do I have the skills to like challenge people? Neeson's character as one of the symptoms of depression, which I also know well, is this whole like big focus on his isolation from the rest of the people. Like he doesn't really connect mm. with the other guys. He doesn't drink with them. He doesn't talk to them. Yeah. As it goes throughout the movie, he starts to kind of band together with them a bit more. They start to like talk about like their families and seeing their kids again and all that stuff. So Neeson obviously is trying to lead these guys through the wilderness. There are various moments where it's like maybe the guys don't trust him or the wolves are like surrounding them or they they run into like other issues that occur in the wilderness, like, you know, like fucking uh, ravines and rivers that they can't cross and all these other crazy things. And one by one. The, the wolf pack actually manages to pick off each of the men, um, which is obviously like breaking Neeson's heart little by little because he's thinking like, you know, I'm the sharpshooter. I'm supposed to be able to save these men. I'm supposed to be able to bring them back to their families, so on and so forth. And he can't even do that. Mm. There's various moments throughout the movie that kind of like refer to people like accepting the fact that they're going to die. Or there's references to like um, some of them believe in God, some of them don't. All of them kind of understand that like nature is, you know, something to be respected. Mm -hmm. And um, the poem that is recited multiple times. And there's a scene where you see like Neeson is talking to the guys about the poem. He's like, oh, you know, my dad used to hang this poem. It didn't have an author. He described it as his dad actually writing it, but he framed it and hung it in his in his den. Um, And the lines once more into the fray, into the last good fight I will ever know, live and die on this day live and die on this day. Sounds like a Walt Whitman quote. <laughs> it does sound like a Walt Whitman. I actually am going to look up who actually wrote that. Hold on. Uh, Probably a white no, woman. No, no. White he, said Walt, he said Walt Whitman. Like oh. the famous. Who did you think I said? <laughs> I thought you said white woman. <laughs> no, I said Walt Whitman. 
Uh, oh, that's great. Okay. Wow. You're literally, that's I can fun. tell that you were homeschooled. Your literally analysis is gone. Sheesh. You're homeschooled too, Isaiah. Yeah, but I know who Volt Women is. <laughs> uh, I have no comment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Y'all can suck it. So who, did you find out who wrote it? Or? I'm trying to white pull woman. it A white woman? <laughs> uh, oh, Captain, my Captain. <laughs> I guess it's John Trelor. Trelor. I don't, I don't believe that's actually who wrote it. But anyway. John Travolta? No. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, it's a short poem. Um, it's just those four lines. And uh, it's a, that scene is shown in the beginning. And I believe right before uh, Neeson accepts that he's going to have to fight the wolf, survive. And the it's the very last. It's literally the very last scene is him preparing to fight the wolf, um, which is kind of crazy. That like It's just the alpha wolf preparing to fight him while the rest of the wolves kind of surround them. You know, like they don't actually attack or anything. And mm-hmm. in the post credit scene, you see Neeson's like laying there next to the wolf um uh, and it shows that neeson obviously beat the wolf but you don't know if neeson survives mm, you know so like the film kind of ends on that note where it's like okay like he kind of yeah questioning whether or not he survived but also showing that like right leading up to that moment uh he had accepted um that you know death is a real thing he couldn't save these people, but he is going to save like their wallets and their memories so that when they do eventually find their bodies or something like that, they'll still have like a memory of who these people were. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has basically accepted that there is an end to everything and that it doesn't mean that he has to die because like because he killed himself. He can just die naturally, which in this case would be fighting a fucking wolf in the forest. Um, it sounds like the most badass way to portray like fight like, oh, I'm going to fight God and. <laughs> like, right so god is embodied by a wolf and i'm gonna punch it yeah or or like you could even say death and and depression um <laughs> who needs antidepressants i'm going to fight depression with all my will <laughs> yeah essentially um he the, the the essential character arc that he goes through which i i kind of had to look at it i had to look up some stuff afterwards to like kind of really analyze it well but the, th- the whole thing is him learning to accept death and he doesn't need to kind of blame himself for all the things he is blaming himself for, which is the death of the other men, his wife no longer being with him, his failed suicide attempt, you know. So, and I actually may be wrong because I remember I watched this film the other day. No, no I, I'm wrong about one thing. I think because I, I said earlier in my discu- uh, my description that we don't know why his wife isn't with him. Mm. I believe somewhere in the film they mentioned she died, but we'll, I'll, I'll get back to that later. In either case, my final recommendation is to definitely watch this movie. It is a 4.5 out of 5 to me. It's pretty ju- pretty much just a badass survival, like, band-together character arc for Liam Neeson, as it usually is. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if you guys have questions or comments or concerns. It's like an onion. It's got <laughs> layers, many themes. Yes. Well, thank you again, Eunice, for your suggestion, is all I can yes. say. Thank you very much, Eunice. <gasps> Okay. It's time, baby. <laughs> so, um, the best for last, dude. I, lo- I love how we're gonna go from like a really cold Alaskan, like snowy place to now we're gonna the end desert. up in the desert in the sand. <laughs> I hate sand. Um, it's it gets everywhere. <laughs> second, what's the okay. what's the li- what's the line? Um, it's hard, it's coarse, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know what else is hard. Oh my god. Oh. Um, no, it's rough, irritating, and it gets everywhere, I think is the line. I'm pretty sure. Okay, anyways. So, uh, big shout out to Eduardo or Eddie 
for this um, suggestion, even though I really <laughs> did not want to watch this movie. I did watch Dune. The Thank you. I think version. Um, I tried to go in with an open mind and uh, have no expectations because I wanted to enjoy the movie. Um, to the best of my ability. So I actually wrote notes. The fuck? No. Sorry, something just fell. Anyways. Knife. Um, so yeah, I actually took notes. Um, I'm a good student. Uh, I wrote my pros, my cons, and my overall comments. So, um, I want to start with, like, overall, what I, what I thought of it. Um, so first off, didn't know that half of the cast was... Like, I didn't know really other than like Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. Those are like the only two people I knew that were in this film. So I didn't know like Thanos was in it and Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson. And I love um, I love Oscar Isaac and I love Rebecca Ferguson. Um, if you guys don't know who Thanos is, it's Josh Brolin. Yes, I know. But I I don't. He's okay. He's not my favorite. Um, If you guys have ever seen Girl on a Train, Rebecca Ferguson. 10 out of 10 in that movie. Underrated movie. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Um, You're a girl on a train. Someone go suggest for the next listeners episode to make one of the boys watch Girl on a Train because it's a great movie. I'll watch Girl on a Train just because you said so, Bethany. You don't have to recommend it. Yeah, but I want to make you have to watch it. Okay, <laughs> well, I've, seen, I've seen this movie. You have? Yeah. The one with Emily Blunt? Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it yeah. in a long time, though. Yeah. I mean, oh. it was 26. I really, I really thought, it, I thought it was good. For, for, yeah. For what it was. Anyways, so um, I guess I'll start with my rating as well, since you guys started off with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on my Letterboxd, which is an app, you guys should go download it. I no. gave it a four out of five. So. Wow. Higher than, yeah, I know. Higher than I was expecting. So honestly, I had no idea what was going on majority of the time. Uh, because I never read the books. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't really quite tell you what the story was about other than I know that there was a desert with a sandworm. <laughs> no, I know that there was like a whole um kind of like, so Oscar Isaac, basically they, him and his family, they're like royalty basically of their, I don't know what you want to call it, kingdom or whatever. and. Right. Whole planet, planet thank you okay planet see i i didn't understand a lot of the terminology but as, okay anyways oh my god what was it called not drugs but it was like drugs spice spice thank you they're spice sorry i haven't wa- ah, I watched like, this like, like star wars I watched this like two weeks ago so it's a little it's a little fuzzy but i didn't write that down i should have written spice um they're spice trade so they they go to this um other planet with uh timothy chalamet goes too and he's like i guess never been off planet or whatever and so he goes he's this little like whiny little prince and um he goes too and they try to figure out like what's going on with the spice trade and everything because right now they're like there's an issue happening with it with um these bad guys and so long story short (sighs) timothy chalamet and, and rebecca ferguson forget their their characters names um go they come across these like blue eyed people who, what are they called again? Oh my God. I am blanking so bad on the terminology. Worst review ever. This is the worst review. Either way, let me, you know, I'm just going to forget the summary. I'm yeah, just going to read off, off my rip. notes. Off Great. We're going to go off of what I wrote 
and I'm just going to try and remember what I wrote. So yeah, I had no idea what the story was, (laughs) clearly. However, I really loved the cast. I think it was a great, great casted, uh, casted movie. Oscar Isaac played Leto. He was incredible. I wish he didn't die as soon as he did. I kind of was upset about that because, well, yeah. The only thing I wish with with uh, Oscar, with like Leto's character or Oscar, Oscar Isaac's character was that um, the way he died, I just didn't feel like it was as strongly executed as it could have been. It wasn't bad per se. I think I was more just upset that he died because I just love Oscar Isaac. And I was like, damn it, I want to see more of him. And I couldn't because he's dead. But I think it was kind of anticlimactic in my opinion, personally. Um, Another thing, the cinematography, obviously beautiful. The CGI, also amazing. Wardrobe design, incredible. I, it, Like I said, great cast. Um, I also think that the fight, like the, in the beginning of the film, there's a like a fight sequence where they're kind of like practicing, I guess, um, between Thanos and Timothy Chalamet, um, which I remember his character's name was Paul. Uh, where they had like these shields that came out and they're fighting each other and stuff. So like if you hit the shield, obviously it doesn't do damage. But um, if you hold it there long enough on the shield, it will penetrate the shield and actually hit them, which comes up a lot later on in the film too, um, without spoiling too much. But I already spoiled a big part of the movie, so might as well just say it. Um, I thought it was really cool in the scene where uh, there's this one scene where basically the the building that Leto and Paul and all of them are at, I guess you could say hijacked or like attacked. And you can see there's this one part where Oscar Isaac is um, alone and he gets shot at by this like poison dart almost. And it's cool because it hits his shield because he turns his shield on beforehand. It hits his shield and then it slowly starts to penetrate and he can't reach it because it's in the middle of his back. So he's just like panicking, trying to get it, but he can't reach it. And it's just slowly going through his shield until it gets him. Um, I thought that was cool. And then uh, also the first sandworm scene was awesome. I think the action sequences overall throughout the whole film were really entertaining. But like I said, I haven't read the books. So it was a lot harder for me to understand what exactly was going on but like since i have a general understanding of sci-fi terms because like i grew up watching star wars and like lord of the rings and i just have always been a big sci-fi fantasy nerd i can kind of put things together of like oh okay like i can come to terms with oh okay so they have these shields that just they do this magic i don't understand how it works but okay that's just a thing in this universe and i can come to terms with it pretty quick and I'm just like, okay, that's how this works in this universe. However, I don't know if that's different in the books because, you know, I haven't read them. So um, for anybody who has read them can tell me otherwise. Um, so about 80 to 85% of the film, I had no fucking clue what was happening. But I got the bare bones of it and it was pretty to look at. So that's really all <laughs> that mattered <laughs> at that point. Um, I also think the, the, the Freeman or the Freeman, forget how they say it um lady her death was way better than like jason momoa's character and oscar isaac's character combined Damn. and i wish it wasn't that like i don't i feel like she didn't deserve that um impactful of a death because i feel like we 
barely knew anything about this character and she seems to get the most significant death. Whereas Jason Momoa, I get his was pretty good. His was like number two for sure. But I feel like Jason Momoa and Oscar Isaac's characters were more important to the um, to I guess you want to say the main character was Timothy Chalamet to his character. So I feel like they should have. It's really just Oscar Isaac's death that really bothered me. I don't know why. It really bothered me. Oscar Isaac. mm -hmm. It's Oscar Isaac. That's why. Yeah. I wish he just didn't die to begin with. But overall, like I said, four out of five, which is pretty high from what I was expecting because I was expecting honestly going in like before going into it, I was expecting to give it like a two out of five. But I tried going in with an open mind of, okay, I don't understand the story. So forget trying to understand it just go in as a as a as an open-minded individual and just like try your best to go with it and and i did to the best of my ability and it gave us a good experience overall i'd say so thank you eddie for making me for making me do this because i was never gonna do it otherwise so i appreciate it i guess um (laughs) so yeah uh I'm just that's, surprised you didn't get like the story, like or like that. Well, beginning like, I part. understood it for the most part. I understood, like I understand the premise. It's hard for me to explain the premise. Um, two weeks later, from if you had, if I had explained it the night of or the night the day after, I probably could have given a better summary of the film. But it's already a little fuzzy to me with like the terminology and everything. But I understand with the spice, like the spice. The spice trade and everything like that whole conflict and story arc. I understood that. And I also understand for the most part, Timothy Chalamet's um, story arc with his mother. Like I kind of understand that. And I think I'll probably more will get explained in the second movie, which so, I'll probably also have to watch. Cause yes. Eddie will probably also make me watch that one. So, um, um, well, so there's Dune Part Two coming out, which thank God. Um, but there's also going to be a separate side story that HBO Max is going to come out with, uh, like a mini series based on the Benny Jesser, which is what Lady Jessica, Rebecca Ferguson's character, that whole arc of what they're doing with Paul, like that whole thing they're doing there. So they're mm-hmm. going to go into the, they're going to delve into like the origins of the Benny Jesser, which is um, now it's not as complicated as you might think. The whole storyline here is just it's just Star Wars. <laughs> like it's just that's a bunch what i was of, gonna say it's basically like the I boy mean, who's like discovering what he's truly capable of and he's like quote unquote the chosen one you know like before anyone says anything this was this book the book of this is based off came out way before star wars right so don't say this is like a copy thing okay continue. Oh, i'm fine honestly i'm fine when people like i i'm fine with people taking a similar concept from another movie and making it something like that's their own. You know what I mean? Like if someone's like, oh, I was inspired by Dune, so I made Star Wars, which I know is not the exact way it went. (laughs) But I'm just saying if I'm like, that's a good, like, that's good because that just means, because that's like, to me, that's the whole point of film or art, I guess you could say, is that it should inspire other um, creators or, or, um, artists to use that as either motivation or influence or inspiration to create something else that is rather rather whether it's the same concept or something kind of as a branch off of it i think it's a i think it's good i support it is what i'm trying to say i won't be upset just to put a little pin in something (laughs) hold on but like to so if anybody actually is confused about like the plot it's 
Yeah, summarize it for me, please. All right, so <laughs> you have so there's the there's the House of Trades, which is Paul, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, all those guys, right? That's their they own a planet, right? And there's another people who own uh, the planet where all the spice is coming from, the desert planet. Um, mm-hmm. I, f- I forgot the name of the desert planet, but that's owned by another house named uh, Harkonnen, which is um, Stellan Skarsgård's character, who he's the big fat floating guy. Yeah, right? I recognize him. He was in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. So those two. So basically, they kind of they kind of go over really quickly in the movies, and yeah, it does delve way more in the books, which I've started reading the books after I um, watched the movie. Um, so I have kind of a better understanding a little bit, but basically just going off what the movies kind of tell you, it's basically spice is what kind of powers like space travel, right? So it's very expensive. It's basically gas and it's very, very expensive. (laughs) Mimicking today. Uh Yeah, (laughs) I was just about to say, (laughs) what a coincidence. Um, so it's very expensive and very hard to make, which is because, uh, on that desert planet. And basically there's, um, that whole opening scene of them giving, uh, that ceremony, which they talk about, like the the higher people, the king and all like other people. Basically, mm-hmm. there's a guy who's in charge of all the houses who are basically, think of it like a king and then like their lords, right? So Harkonnen's a lord, uh, Leto's a, a lord, and then there's a king who kind of tells them what they're going to do. And he doesn't, and so the reasons right now aren't really explained, and they probably will in the future movies, of why uh, the king or whoever's in charge gave Leto the, the Dune planet away from Harkonnen. And because Harkonnen and uh, Leto, they, the Atreides, they don't like each other. They, they're obviously they don't like each other. So the whole point was that he was, they were switching out places, and that's why they were gonna. And then they, Harkonnen was not okay with that. <laughs> and then obviously, you know, they asked the king's Harkonnen asked the king's guards to help help him with that. So there's some like sub, there's like some uh, conspiracy stuff going on there too. But basically, mm-hmm. one house is getting the Dune planet and from another, and they don't like it. And there's some conspiracy stuff going on, and they're all gonna fight for it. Um, and then. Paul, and then you also have this subplot with Freeman. With the Freeman, yeah. So the Freeman are basically the people who live there, but the that connects to the Benny Jesser, which is where Rebecca Ferguson and Paul's like powers are coming from. People, by the way, is people. Zendaya's people. That's who they. Are. Yes, Zendaya's people. So basically, they're um all Blood bastards. <laughs> so um the Benny Jesser, what they do is basically they have a a long lineage of being now, able to. Can you say that stuff. one more time? Because I don't understand the t- what the word is you're saying. Benny Jesuit? How do you spell it? Benny, uh, it's like. Well, you don't B- have to spell it, but just like, oh. spe- like spell it out for me. Like, oh, you want the phonics version? Yes, thank you. Uh, ben E, like Benny, ben like the e. name. Jesuit. So it's like. Jesuit. Okay. Like Jesuit. Jesuit. Oh, Benny is Jesuit. Got yeah. it. Okay, so it's Ben the Dress Suite. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be make, make more sense to Bethany because, you know, Jesuits are some weird offshoot of Catholics. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I was thinking a French word like je suis. Je suis. Je suis. Yes. Ben de je suis. Ah, yes. Baguette. Ah, yes. French baguette. I'm the fromage. Ah, yeah. Oh, God. Everyone says that okay. word. Oh my God. Okay. Anyways, continue. Because of Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So the Benny Jesuit are basically just a long lineage of like, it's kind of like a church. <laughs> um, but they are, are a long lineage of being able to control things and because they're able to pass down things for like years they have plans that go span like centuries um, they basically planned for their messiah to come and mm. so they are the catholic church and that is Timothy Chalamet 
Yeah. Tech, so that's what there was a little listen, a moment there where, uh, you know, like when he puts his hand in the box and then that lady, uh, she's the head of the church. That was she a cool goes, scene. I liked that scene where she was like, if you move, you will die. I was like, oh, I would die immediately. <laughs> um so yeah there's that scene where her and lady ferguson like start talking she's like you're supposed to have you're supposed to have a, uh, a lady daughter. ferguson <laughs> sorry yeah lady Fer- she's a lady in my book now sorry <laughs> love her but um so basically they're supposed to be a, a church of all women and they're the ones who are in charge of like doing stuff from the back from behind the scenes that uh yeah there's a lot of conspiracy stuff going on from behind the scenes and stuff like that and they're one of the other ones and they're kind of in charge of things so when they get to the, the dune planet basically centuries before they had sent prophets to come in and say that a person is going to come and be their messiah and that person happens to be paul they were mm. it was he was supposed to be a woman and so it was kind of like so they they so the things that a little screwed up there and that's why they were pissed off um at rebecca ferguson's character because she was supposed to have a, a, a daughter but instead she had a, a man and he's not supposed to be imbued with, with the powers that he's supposed to be given however he is technically the messiah that they were the that the church is kind of bringing up because he's becoming more powerful as he uh, with his uh with like the voice and the powers and all that stuff so that's what that little subplot there is going on and it's gonna be crazy to see how they kind of interweave into everything that's gonna go on because there's so many powers there's so many different like power moves going on at the same time and they're all interacting with each other and yeah and then um Hmm. yeah so if you're confused about it is just think of it as a bunch of kings and lords and they're all fighting each other for some reason (laughs) yeah that's basically what i did I can't wait. I love this movie. <laughs> so, is there anything else you guys want to say about your films or anything else you guys want to add? Go watch them. Go watch all of them. Yeah, go watch all these films. I want to add a very stupid comment about Dune. About Dune? Okay. So, what you've described to me just now mm-hmm. sounded like Game of Thrones met Star Wars and Star Trek. Sure, but Dune came out. And, and Tremors because it had the earthworm thing. The earthworm. Mm. What were also, they? Sandworms? You mean Sorry? SpongeBob? Spongebob. It's an Alaskan worm! <laughs> I mean, I was talking about tremors with the giant worms that attack like this little fucking middle of nowhere town, but sure. Yes. They're Alaskan bullworms. Everything's an Alaskan oh. bullworm now. Everything is an Alaskan bullworm. Mom's an Alaskan bullworm. Whoa. All right. Well, on that note, thank you for watching, guys. Thank you, everyone, again, for your suggestions. Uh, shout out again to Eddie, Eunice, and Caleb. Uh, please keep your suggestions coming. We have the next three already picked for our next listeners episode. However, we always need more and we love to watch your films. So please go email us at silverscreensips at gmail.com with any movie suggestions you have for our next listeners episode. And you will also get a shout out. Uh, We do post every Monday morning. So be sure to follow us on our social medias to get updates on the latest episodes. And we will see you guys in our next episode, um, which will be our new season. Which brings me to um, our very important announcement. We are posting a poll, which knowing me, I probably have already posted it. Posting a poll um, so that you guys can vote on our next franchise that we're going to cover. The two options are the Matrix franchise and the Lord of the Rings franchise. So go to our Instagram at SilverScreenSips and go cast your votes now so that we know what we're going to be talking about next week. Or else. What? Or else? Yeah. This is a threat. Yeah, or else we will find you and we will kill you. Anyways, um, okay, guys, enjoy the rest of your week and we will see you in season three. Go ahead, Lewis, say it. I know you want to. (laughs) He's losing. Where's the passion, Lewis? That's better. Okay, bye, guys.